Welcome to Restoration Road Online. We hope you enjoy this week's message. So yeah, the psalm doesn't have a specific title. All we are given is that it is a psalm of David. Um, and both Matthew Henry's commentary and Spurgeon's commentary on this psalm are what I'm going to be drawing a lot of this from. Um, so Spurgeon writes that this psalm needs no other key to understand it than that which every Christian may find within his own heart. Um, so the love that God has placed in us, the love for him, is really what is expressed uh, in this psalm. As far as context and what is around it, this directly follows Psalm 22, uh, which does have a title, um, Why Have You Forsaken Me?, um, which were some of Jesus' last words on the cross. Um, it is directly followed by Psalm 24, which is a declaration, again, from David of the glory of God. And as I read through Psalm 24, I kind of picked out some lines that were like, oh, there's a song about that. Oh, there's a song I know about that. Oh, there's a song I know about that, which is fitting as the Psalms are songs. But Psalm 24 in particular kind of lines popped out at me like, oh, wow, there's a lot written about this Psalm about declaring the glory of God. So getting into Psalm 23, going into verses 1 and 2. I'm going to talk a little about how we are very much like sheep. Um, we, first of all, have a tendency to see ourselves in Scripture, in different stories or passages, as the good guy or the hero of the story. But that is often not the case and often not who we're supposed to identify as in, in that story. Because the Bible isn't a story about us. It's a, it's a story about God. It, it's his love written for us. So it is a little bit easier with this psalm than in some other places to identify ourselves as, okay, we're the sheep. We're not, we're not the great shepherd that David talks about. But what I'm talking about is other places where we hear about David and Goliath and we might, you know, identify as David or we hear about, you know, uh, Deborah and the battle in Judges 4 or Noah in the flood and kind of identify as the good guy where in reality we are often the, the cowardly Israelites or the cowardly Israelite king or the wicked antediluvian men. So that said, in Psalm 23, we can very much identify with the sheep. Um, starting with the first section of verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, uh, reminded me of Isaiah 53, 6, where it says we all, like sheep, have gone astray and have gone to our own ways. We so deeply need that shepherd to guide and protect us because often we are not able to even know what direction to go. So that expresses our need for a shepherd. Um, I shall not want. Sheep, if we're identifying as sheep, are not good at finding food for themselves. Um, they kind of eat what's on the ground, and if it runs out and they eat everything, they're not, God did not design them with an incredible instinct to go and find a new place for food. 
they kind of wander around and don't do much critical thinking, if we can put it that way. That is, that can be very much like us sometimes, that we can be so stuck in our ways, um, where we have been provided for in the past that we're unwilling to move on to new pastures. For example, what I'm talking about is maybe you have lived in a house for years or decades, but things have changed in the neighborhood or things have changed in the home, and God would want you to move on to someplace different, a new pasture. Um, possibly you have a hobby that you incredibly enjoy, but you refuse to give up your hobby time for anything else, whatever that may be, a, a TV show, a game, uh, one of many sports, even things that are crafting and, and you're creating something. Uh, whether you're a working, you know, woodworker. I have a friend who does great work in that area. But if God is calling you to something new, even though you have gotten such satisfaction and such happiness out of this hobby, our shepherd knows when the pasture we are in is running low on nourishment for us, on grass, and he knows when it is time for us to move onto someplace new, someplace different, but someplace we can continue to be built up, continue to be fed, and continue to grow. He makes me lie down in green pastures. So at this point, maybe we have left our pastures that we've been in for years and kind of eaten it bare, but we need to know when to stop when we should. So maybe that home that you are leaving, you've decided, okay, it's time to look for someplace else, but you're not settling on anything, and you need God's direction and guidance to say this, this one. Even though you may not see it, the shepherd knows that this is where you will be fed and nourished and grow. Um, maybe you've decided, okay, I, I need to give up some of that hobby time of this thing I incredibly enjoy, but you haven't quite filled that time with anything else. You're kind of just aimlessly wandering around the house. Um, God would want to tell you, hey, this time you should use in this way. Maybe it's a different hobby to pick up. Maybe it's a way that you can uh, serve other people or love other people. I'm not one to say, but I absolutely know that God is because as our shepherd, he knows when to tell us to stop, to lie down, because here is where you are going to be fed and going to grow. So we, we like sheep, need God to stop us when it's time to graze again. He leads me beside still waters. Sheep can float and swim, but they are not great with water. Their wool gets damp, it gets soaked, um, it gets very heavy. So when they are led beside still waters, things are fine. The, their environment is safe. If they're near rushing waters, sheep, not really knowing where they're going, not really great at critical thinking, if they get into that water and they get weighed down by their now wet wool and the rushing water tips them over, they can just be carried downriver who knows how far. So sheep near rushing waters is a dangerous area. 
So we, like sheep, frequently need to be led by God to safe environments. We can't always get there ourselves, and we don't realize the danger that might be right nearby. A sheep will not realize there is rushing water just down this riverbank. We will not realize temptation that might be lurking right around the corner. And that is often what so quickly trips us up and causes us to sin is not expecting and not seeing the the danger that might be right around the corner. So in that way, we need to be submitted to the great shepherd to lead us beside still waters so that we can trust in him to guide our paths and not be blindsided by temptation and then be really, really dragged down and, and held back from the growth God wants to bring about in our lives for his glory. So we talked about what verse 1 and 2 kind of say about us as the sheep. What verse 1 and 2 say about God as the shepherd um, is, is also something that we can discuss. Shepherd, that term is effectively used similar to pastor. Um, the Latin for shepherd is pastor from the word uh, pascare, which means to lead to pasture. So what a shepherd does, a shepherd, if I can butcher the Latin, he pascares the sheep. He leads them to pasture. Um, that is one of the main job descriptions for a shepherd. And one of the main ways that God, as our great shepherd, guides us and loves us. Um, so the Lord is my shepherd is the same as saying the Lord is my great pastor. Um, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. He later commanded uh, Peter to pescare his sheep, to lead them to pasture, to feed his sheep. Um, Matthew Henry and several of his contemporaries would describe God in, in this context as the great pastor of the universe. He is over all things, he created all things, and he cares for his creation. So the great pastor of the universe. Um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Uh, particularly reminded me of the hymn, It Is Well. Especially the line, Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, It is well, it is well with my soul. Uh, so the Lord restores our soul. In verse 3, talking about the paths of righteousness. Um, that word is plural there, paths of righteousness. When we're talking about the path to salvation, to restoration with God, um, there is one path for that. We'll, we'll keep that kind of straight. Um, Jesus, born, lived perfect, died, rose, paid for our sins. That is the one way uh, of salvation, of being right with God again. However, when it, when it talks about paths of righteousness, what this is describing is where God calls and directs us to obey him um, in our active, everyday lives. It will be different for different people. And so with this verse in mind, I encourage you not to 
be taken back or hold disdain for people whose paths of righteousness look different than yours do. Um, if we're sort of talking Christianese, we would maybe see, say like uh, their ministry is, is, is this particular thing or this particular thing. What comes to mind, especially in the last five, ten years, um, streaming games online has become massive. And there, there are people who love people who are really into that gaming scene and decide, I think that God has called me to stream so that as I stream, I can share the love of Christ. And that's something that's different for many of us. But if it is a way that God has called them to love their neighbor, it's not something for us to like push away or be separate from, but something to be glad for and excited about. Um, street preaching is weird for me, but I have a friend who is called to that, and God works really amazing things through him. And I can't be one to say, man, that makes me uncomfortable. I think I'm just going to you know, be distanced for that because God doesn't want his family to be distant from each other, but to be united with one another. So I'm called, even though, man, that's weird to me and it's uncomfortable to me, I'm called to be excited and support him when God calls me to. Uh, and, and to pray for him, even though that particular path of righteousness that God has called him to is, is different and weird, that's still something I can be excited about. Um, anything that is unlike what God has called you to is really not unlike at all. If, if God is one and we are one family, then we share in the multitude of ways that he has called us to show his love to those around us. So verse verse 4, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I don't, if I'm being honest, I don't particularly want to talk much about this verse because I don't feel very qualified to. Um, I have not experienced a lot of close friends, close family um, who have died, but I know that that is something that many of us struggle with, and especially this time of year, it is a difficulty, but suffice it to say that death is but a shadow that is passed through. The shadow of a snake does not bite, the shadow of a sword does not cut, and the shadow of death no longer creates a permanent separation for those who trust in the Lord. O oh, death, where is your sting? O oh, grave, where is your victory? Is the anthem of that we can rely on as we pass through the valley of the shadow of death as our, as our shepherd leads us. I'd love to talk about that note, but I am short on time. Verse 5. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Um, oil was essential in the toolkit of a shepherd for the health of a flock. When, especially in the Middle East, uh, you were taking your sheep from place to place, the areas could be relatively dry, and the sheep's skin underneath their wool could dry out, crack, and then get infected, and then you've got a sick flock, which is not a good thing for any shepherd. What oil would do is the shepherd would take the oil, rub it, 
around the sheep's head, especially like the ears um, and th those kinds of areas down to the neck so that they would not get dried out and that they would stay healthy. In addition, that oil that the shepherd would rub into the sheep's scalp would fend off insects that would try to latch on or you know, be parasitic um, on the head of the sheep, which would, that would again cause an unhealthy flock. But this oil and this shepherd who individually goes to each sheep with their oil, pours some, and rubs it around, taking care with each single sheep in their flock to get every necessary area so that they are protected, so that they are prepared for the dry areas that they may have to walk through, is very much like how God, our great shepherd, cares for us, not just generally over the entire flock, but individually, how he will prepare us for the difficulties that may lie ahead of us in life. That that kind of individual care really struck me because often we can think of a shepherd as, you know, there there's so many sheep, you can't, you know, keep care over the individual one. But Jesus tells the story of the shepherd who left for the one out of the hundred. And shepherds would care for each individual sheep by taking the time to pour oil over the head so that they are safe and they are protected. Oh boy. Quickly, verse 6. Goodness and mercy. That word goodness, the Hebrew is the same as the good that is described after God creates on each day. And he said, this is good. That is the same word. So, that said, know that that goodness is the supreme goodness of God. The most, the most extreme good that there could be is what follows us every day of our lives. Quickly, I'll run through application, kind of, a, kind of sequentially how I talked about this chapter. First, remember that we are sheep and are so in need of the great pastor. We're often unaware of the danger that we're in, whether it's running water, rushing waters, a pasture that's almost eaten up. Be aware of Please submit to the leading of God, our great shepherd, through his word and through his church. Second, don't despise people when their paths of righteousness differ or are off-putting to us. Now, those paths of righteousness will absolutely align with the word. So you can't kind of use that as an excuse to do whatever you want because it's oh, just my personal path of righteousness. That is not the case. When someone's good works align with the word of God but are uncomfortable to you, that's not a reason to separate yourself from them or distance yourself, but a reason for you to grow in your faith and in your relationship with God to say, even though that's different, I rejoice in it because people are being reached and God's love is being shared. Third, goodness and mercy of God is for you and it is forever. Maybe this new year that's coming up doesn't look too different. Maybe this new year that's coming up looks very different 
than what you are used to. Either way, his goodness and mercy will follow you. So in closing, if you're hearing this and realizing, wow, I am very much like a sheep, but I don't know this great shepherd who leads and guides and protects, let this be your invitation to know him. Jesus, God's son, came to earth, lived a perfect life, was crucified as an innocent man, rose back to life on the third day, so that now we who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. That's Ephesians 2.13. Our sin, our wrongdoing is paid for by his blood, and we, his sheep, are no longer gone astray, but are one in the great shepherd's flock. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to this Sunday's sermon at Restoration Road. We hope it blessed you and invite you to join us for next service at 10 a.m. on Sunday.